This episode of Innovation Crush is brought to you by Weebly. Create fantastic looking websites in no time. Weebly was created for people with the courage to start their own business and the dream to be their own boss. You don't need to be a web designer or know how to code to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store. You'll be impressed with the wide variety of professionally designed, mobile-friendly themes to choose from. Simply drag and drop to quickly build and publish your site. And you can truly customize, update, or change your site anytime you want and on any device. Join the over 30 million people who are already dreaming big with Weebly. To get started for free, go to weebly.com crush. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com slash crush to get started creating your website for free. Weebly.com slash crush. One, two, oh, sorry, I... I was thinking about doing that on the way here to make you feel more at home, but, <laughs> but you know, I'm, I abandoned it very quickly. But just One, tell it, I, I didn't have a drum drumsticks. I know. Um, hi, everybody. This is Chris Denson, host of Innovation Crush. Welcome to another installment of the show. Uh, in case you're tuning in for the first time ever, this show covers all things innovation, ideas, smart people doing smart stuff. And um, hopefully, aside from myself, the ball continues to roll because I can botch anything. It'll, you'll, you'll see. Um, but to my left, say hello, Marika. Oh, man, I messed it up already. But go ahead. It's Lithuanian. And I don't black people don't speak Lithuanian. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> not entirely true. Uh, Monica Belskida. Yes. And um, so, tell us a little bit about you. So, um, I work in the in a crossroads of entertainment and technology. Yeah. Um, being specializing in virtual reality, and just um, at large, more the the future of manufacturing and consumption of content, experience, and information. Yeah. So that's been my focus. I used to have a magazine and creative agency out of Paris, where I I was almost 10 years, born in Lithuania, and currently um, a lot here in the West Coast. Well, thanks for uh, jumping in, like, kind of last minute. We were talking last night. Hey, you're in town. You want to come be a guest co-host on my show? She was like, yeah. So um, so we're we're good. Thank you for for coming. Well, I I really care about, you know, people in entertainment and technology using their... um, brain and 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 an image and sort of notoriety um to do things and and support initiatives that actually matter and that's what marika does so that's super exciting to be here and and to hopefully spread spread more the the message and a spoiler alert marika do you use all three of your names or you just use the two is it because uh, I, I see marika anthony shaw mm-hmm do you go by? Is it? Are you a trifecta user? I often, I, I often stick to the trifecta, but you know, Marika Shaw is a lot shorter. It's crisper, <laughs> yes, but it, but it, it works. It works well. It does. It's not, when you have three names, it always sounds more important. Well, I, uh, my mom named us rhythmically, so Marika Anthony Shaw. My middle name is Michelle, so she did it like to like. Really? Yeah, like Marika Michelle Anthony Shaw. She did it on purpose. That's fun. So that's why. You know, so, so you were born into rhythm. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the story in and of itself. I think this interview is kind of over. That's, 
That is pretty. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Thank so, you for having me. <laughs> so give us the give us the one hundred and one on who you are and what you're up to. You know the ninety second version. Then I'll start nosing around and asking some questions about it. Uh, I'm an, I'm a musician. I'm a violist primarily, a violinist and violist. Um, and I played in Arcade Fire for many years. Um, and I started a foundation called Plus One, and we partner with all. Um, I mean, with many international touring musicians to add a dollar to each one of their tickets for social good. Awesome. So you recently, first of all, what's the difference between a viola and a violin? Viola is bigger and lower. A, a, a like, richer low, sound. like lower. Yeah, it's the middle voice. Lower. Oh, not, uh, so I went too low. <laughs> you went pretty low. Oh, okay. I'm like a, yeah. like a cello. You were going cello. <laughs> Beautiful. There's always room for cello. <laughs> There's always room. Sorry, music joke. Um, okay, got it. So this transition from you know um, the band to what you're doing now, um, how did you make the decision to jump into Plus One full time? Um, it happened really organically. My my uh, background is I was raised uh, in a family. My mom's an activist, an anthropologist. Um, she goes into communities that have five or fewer speakers left of their native language and does language revitalization. So documents a language, teaches it to the people in the community, and then sets up courses for them to teach themselves. Um, that said, I was in those communities a lot in my youth. Right. And so um, primarily First Nations communities in Canada. And uh, I think witnessing that and witnessing um, the systemic inequity, um, environmental issues just kind of across the board was something that was just about like something that I witnessed and I, I didn't unlearn. So I, I kind of came from that. But at the same time, I was a classical musician. I worked hard. I studied at conservatory and at university. Um, and so I started playing with the band. Um, and one of the things I really grabbed onto with what Arcade Fire was doing is as you know, many people know the lead singer of Arcade Fire, Regine, is Haitian. And um, um, in when the band started getting some level of, like, you know, beginning success, and um, the band was like, how can we kind of engage, and particularly led by Regine, was kind of, how can we engage in Haiti? Right. Um, uh, and so we were looking for something that was... Um, impactful real that was started by us that was our voice that was a way for us to communicate with our fans right and that was really gonna be doing something but that was also really simple we're not doctors or nurses <laughs> or like know how to do some of this right. stuff so it's like what can we do as so we started with this ticket add-on um which is very simple um but you know we were playing to like a thousand people a night and then so like the plus 2, one co concept was almost like from the beginning like the yeah. first kind of first time you and said hey people, how can we help totally right and other people have done it too Right. So it's like it's not it's it's a, a tool that is extremely effective um, and ongoing. Um, what got exciting was when we kind of started inviting volunteers to the shows to to let people know that this was happening. I right. think like we were doing it and we were raising money and it was something that, you know, was sort of quiet and like letting people know about. Not that we were doing the dollar per ticket, but letting them know about partners in health, letting them know about Haiti, trying yeah. to change the narrative of like. You know, how did, how did you or did you like, how did you know it would work? 
Because, you know, sometimes you're like, I mean, there's a lot of things people try in their duds or had you tried something before and, you know. Well, so that wasn't plus one. So we didn't know right. it would work. So I think like what the conversations was many years later, suddenly, you know, like millions of dollars were raised with a single ticket at a time with RK Fire. But on top of that, there was this incredible like kind of fan support and communication that we were having with the fans and network of volunteers that we had all around the world that were engaged in this and it became this community of uh, impact. And for me, that's something that I really grabbed onto. And so I started, you know, leading a lot of our projects with partners in health and in Haiti. Um, and that was something that felt really natural and important to me. That was a real privilege to, to meet Paul Farmer and learn from him and have him become a mentor. Right. And, um, you know, and so some of the early conversations were like, what are the barriers? Like, why isn't everybody doing this? Yeah. You know, it's something that is so simple. The tools are there. It's pretty streamlined. What, what, how can we remove all the barriers such that anybody that wants to do this can do it? That's usually, yeah, where those aha moments come in. It's like right. that one, you know, we were, I was talking to somebody recently about that, like, that, that idea of innovation is like, oh, we're trying to think of something really like we're in a brainstorm or whiteboard and stuff. And it's usually like you're looking across the room when the thing that is, right. is probably your most, you know, your biggest opportunity is right in front of you. Totally. And easy. So <laughs> easy. <laughs> and and um, and so that's really what what happened was like it was already there. You know, uh, it had already been effective. It had already kind of had this impact. Right. And. You know, so so plus one was, you know, formalizing that and scaling it and taking it not just from Arcade Fire's incredible and impactful project, but also, you know, we had friends saying, like, can you do this for us, too? Right. So we started working with, you know, the national started incorporating it early on. Vampire Weekend did it really early on. Um, and now, you know, we've got 20 amazing, incredible artists. And right. So it's this community of like minded people that are doing what they do best which is an ongoing thing that's going to happen anyways. Like these shows are already happening. So let's do it for good too. Now, do you have your own like personal cause that you care about? Cause it, it, you know, there's this idea I've been thinking about recently is this, you know, this idea of like an umbrella opportunity where for instance, under armor decided they would go like, you know what, we'll accept anybody's platform. You know, we want you to use your wearable technology with us. And, and so we don't have to compete. Right. And so they will like anyone can uh, use their platform, which right. is a similar model to what you guys have set up. It's like you, somebody else phrased it as, the best way to lead a parade is to get in front of, you know, find one and get in front of it. <laughs> right. And you're like, everybody has a cause that they're trying to, you know, focus on, but do you have one cause and how did you make the distinction between creating a platform versus going after your own sort of effort? So I think my cause, you know, I believe that a lot of, um, the issues that we're facing globally, locally, nationally are interlinked. So I think if you think of inequity, poverty, access um and kind of like civic engagement those are things that i feel passionately about and so they include you know health and access to health for everybody they include um rights and civil liberties for everybody systemically not just like right you say it's there. <laughs> 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 um and so for me you know the goal of plus one is to really identify um, you know, help help all of us kind of identify organizations and causes 
that are really moving the needle in all of those areas that are interlinked so that, you know, later on when we do look at the impact a year from now or six months from now or five years from now, we can really say that, you know, in all of these areas, we have done something. So it's not a platform where it's a, you know, we work with any yeah. organization. We take that role really seriously of evaluating programs, implementing partners, you know, um, who, and it's a constant learning and one of the greatest privileges to be able to have people like Paul Farmer to, <laughs> exactly. you know, learn from and to work with on this. And, you know, Brian Stevenson at Equal Justice Initiative and David Dominici doing really cool things um, in education. So I think, um, you know, my, my, it, you know, this started with my deep, uh, inspiration and admiration for Paul Farmer and Partners in right. Health, certainly. Got it. But it has gone into like, who else is doing that kind of work in all these other fields? Well, and, and then like, I'm also curious as to when you decided, you know, to take this on full time. There's a lot of, you know, influential people and entertainers who maintain doing both, right? What, yeah. what was, what went into the decision to say like, you know what, I'm putting the strings down and, and right. going into, into this area, especially if it's something that's been with you. Like, all of your life, I would imagine. Being a musician. Yes. Yeah. Um, and is I it a violist? Think... What is, oh, so you the viola. <laughs> See, you've still been on my mind this whole time. If you play the viola, are you a violist or are you, a violist, are you still a violinist? I'm a violist. Oh, I said it right. Yeah, you did. Totally. I'm, yeah. oh, see, I'm a genius. So you, I didn't even know. <laughs> did you play any instruments, Monica? No, I don't. No. No, you got to get one. Lessons after lessons after the show on me. You, I don't know Fo- what you learned. Focusing but. on a visual stuff. <laughs> gotta, gotta know and be lucid with what you could at. Um, it was kind of an organic uh, evolution for me. I mean, I um, I have a family, and I have a daughter, and um, the Is she a Canadian Girl Scout. She is not a Canadian Girl Scout. Uh, that actually, that as far as like pre-studio chatter, that was the one thing that blew my mind out of the whole conversation was. But I realized I I made the mistake because I my daughter isn't one, but is a girl guide in Canada. See, I don't even know what that is. See, I'm is that so like that was my. Mountie but we program? still we have cookies. Girl Scouts have cookies. Uh, so I <laughs> I mixed up the cookies. <laughs> I know, you're like, a, like, we have that flavor? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. So I, I rudely interrupted you. Continue. Um, so, yes, the, the transition from violist to, like, full-time uh, change Social influencer. Social entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I think I'm, I, I am a musician. I think I will always be a musician. I think that's something that's just part of my um, DNA, DNA and, and who I made up. Exactly. But I do... Um, also have this really other important part that's always also been there. So while like my career has been in music and I studied this, this other piece of, of my um, self and my soul uh, and inspiration has certainly come from social justice and activism. And so to me, plus one um, is a real intersection of those two things. And so it was, it was time for me um and opportunity wise, and I think it's, you know, reflecting on how can, how can we all contribute in the, you know, how can I continue to contribute in my, to my best ability. Right. Um, and it was in conversation with my 
people in the band and uh, Paul Farmer again and other influencers that were just like not influencers in the media way, but my yeah. influential people in my life. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's also a big thing too. Like, I, like I'm sure there's a, like a little tiny hurdle of fear where you, you know, like if so, if you want to leave a job and go pursue something, like and like I noticed that Will and Win are still like on your advisory board. Like oh, yeah. they're still obviously supportive. Absolutely. But there's that you know most of us when we get ready to leave something for the thing that we're really passionate about, like and, and you feel like it's going to disrupt an ecosystem or disrupt like the day to day operations of what's already happening at the job I'll put it in quotation marks for you yeah um you know was there any sort of that you know that that, that adjustment period of <laughs> yeah for sure I um I think like a lot of it was not about like like I've never identified as like leaving music um but I did identify as leaving touring sure and leaving that kind of structured musical life uh um, and for many reasons, I think it's, you know, I wanted to spend more time with my family. Um, and uh, I was, you know, ready to get off the road and explore something else. Right. Really. So it was just time. So it was time. Yeah. Um, and so lessons learned, right? Because I think uh, the other part of change, not social change, but just like lifestyle change is kind of the culture shock, especially going into running a business full time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know, and one that's a uh, you know a, a social entrepreneur. Thank you for the word social entrepreneurship focused effort. Um, like, what were some of the I don't know the the uh, surprises or the things that kind of culture shock for you the most? Like, really get, grinding down to numbers, getting a five hundred one c three set up, and like all what you know all the different business things that had to take all place. of it, all of it. <laughs> Because, you know, it was that classic thing where, like, you look at it from the outside and you're like, oh, I should, you know, I, I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh, look at that thing over there. Wait, you mean I got to pay for it? And I got to hire people to work um, on Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was the, the biggest thing, I think, at that point is when the conversation started um, was, you know, how do we scale this? what does it feel like? What does it look like? It was also with having founder, like co-founders. And so, you know, that was, you know, I consider the whole band a co-founder. I consider, um, um, you know, particularly my partners, Lisa Wong and Matt Yaseko. Um, Matt Yaseko is COO of Billions. And so having someone like as a performer, there was like a lot of the back end in the music industry. Not stuff the that new Showtime series with Paul Giamatti. No. Okay. Just of check. the agency. I know. I'm <laughs> sorry. Um, and so having his like incredible knowledge of, you know, all, all the structural stuff that plus one is, which is like working with promoters and following up on the deals and making sure the dollars are where they're going, where they're going to go and all that stuff. Right. And then Lisa Wong um, comes from a background in human rights and law. And, um, you know, I, I was, was kind of like, as we're thinking about this, like, who are the smartest people? Right. No, you know, and so it was really with those conversations and building together as a team, making it from an idea into a structured organization yep. and a platform and a scalable system. So, and how long has this journey been since you've been full time on this now? Almost two years, like a year and a half. All right. Do you yeah. have you have any like two year anniversary plans? <laughs> like, I don't. 
You gotta start thinking about it. You're six months out. I know. That's a that's a that's a huge uh, accomplishment. Um, what has been the biggest shock to you so far? Like just like, oh, I didn't realize we had to do X. Um, one of the shocks is um the there is like it started with a, a some reticence from artists and and I like I I have to put on my artist hat to of course there is but you know there's always this thing of like but what's in it for you right with plus one and plus one was created exactly for that purpose is to not have it be something for us there's a lot of middle men in our industry (laughs) (laughs) and you know the whole point was like no it can be artist driven it can be focused it can actually be highly impactful and go directly where it's going to go 100 percent of the dollars go to the recipient programmatic implementers right and um and you know so the the trust of that and and making sure that we're working with organizations that are the best in their fields um, and stuff like that. So I wasn't prepared for the kind of like, um, uh, hesitation, even though I, I guess I should have been, because I exactly in that role for RK Fire. Was the hesitation, a, a hesitation on behalf of who? Artists and stuff like oh, that. Okay, just okay. be like, what, really? but what do you want out of it? What do you want out of oh, it? Oh, okay. And for me to be like, no, really, I don't want anything <laughs> out of it. I just really think that we should all be doing this. <laughs> Um, and, and, and I mean, essentially that's pitching, right? You know, totally. we all have to do it. You have to go and pitch something. And I think even though they're your peers, you know, especially if you're in a position of visibility, like yeah. everybody's knocking on your door for something, friends, family, businesses, exactly. you know? Um, so like, how did you go about pitching it to actually make it a solid offer that people go like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do it. Um, uh, we we worked really hard on that actually is, is making systems in the background that was scalable so that we could take on as many tours as possible at the same time. So kind of all the back end stuff was there and then pitching it was really, um, um, you know, we work with artists and they're, they're what they want to work with. Like what did they care about and making sure that we're there and having that conversation from the get go and that we can help fortify what they care about and amplify what they care about through this program. Um, what do you feel has been the biggest success so far? Like if you could point to one like amazing case study, like what, what would you say to? Oh, <laughs> maybe it's all of them, but is there one moment that like stands out and you're like, Oh, that was really cool. We raised X amount of dollars and, and also like funneling back to, you know, being able to pinpoint a, a change. Right. I think like, there's been a couple stories for me. I get really excited about the ripple effect in the fan community. And so like fan communities grabbing onto it or individual stories of people grabbing onto it and then doing something. And so like one of the stories that has always meant a lot was we, I got, uh, a note from the seven-year-old um, girl who had been to an Arcade Fire show. And, um, you know, Arcade Fire had been giving a dollar per ticket to Partners in Health, and she really understood that as an invitation, which is what we're always trying to do, is like, what can you do in your life? What do you do? And so she started doing a bake sale in the front of her building every Saturday for Partners in Health. Oh, wow. And that was something that, which is like, that's, to me, a great example of the point. Right. Of like, you know, integrating something into what you do best or what you can do in your life on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, no, it's like, it sounds like it's that like inspiring someone else to take action. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll get back to in a second. You have a, yeah. So 
you guys have been building a community of p your peers, other, other artists, other musicians, yeah. to support these causes. And have you been thinking to also integrate within sort of your digital platform a ways for your fan community to connect and further work on these causes and sort of continue that work? Um, so, because I see, I think that that would be super interesting. Totally. Um, so they could, you know, they supported your cause, you know, during the live show. And then how could they go from there? Right. So what could be the tools to do that? What, that's what are your thoughts on that? Totally bang on. Like, that's exactly what, you know, we spent this time, um, you know, building up and we're continuing to grow the roster of musicians that we work with. But that's exactly what I'm passionate about right now is like, but but what next? Like, how do we? keep the engagement or keep people learning about the impact that we're having where we're coming together for something totally different. It's not a benefit concert. It's not anything. It's a, a rock show or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it is about storytelling and it is about continually engaging on a digital platform. Uh, we have a lot of plans for this year to do that. And that's kind of like our next stage of growth is exactly kind of letting fans visibly and actively become a part of the community in more ways like we've been pretty analog now which is interesting we you know we get invited to these kind of like tech innovation things and nothing we do is tech so like it's very analog right. <laughs> like, to the point so you know we have volunteers we've got a network of amazing volunteers around north america um in europe um but you know beyond that allowing people to get fully deeply engaged in their communities is, is next and it is totally technology is it, oh go ahead yeah so i mean have you have you partnered already or have you been thinking to partner with media companies so you know you are trying to um get people engaged and understand why you know they should be giving away that dollar for a particular cause and how creating media around that could help so how could partnerships with different media companies could help in that and you had your sort of very early exposure to virtual reality and virtual reality is really about you know transporting us to another place to a life of another person to sort of alternative reality to ours so from your first glimpses into it what are your thoughts how could you work with people in the media community and especially also, people in, in in vr to further sort of what your causes. Like in a primary example of that too is like the New York Times recently totally. distributed a million and like you got to take a, a seat in the you know in a refugee camp like which yeah. is really like surreal and like different than like reading a blog post about it. <laughs> like oh okay, that was cool. I'm like let me check my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> like, uh, and your audience and the, at the live shows are so huge. And what if everybody before your show could actually experience that cause? Um, I think that'd be super super powerful. You know, all the people that come to the show, they get the cardboard. They get to understand what you care about. Everybody has smartphones today. And I think then the impact could even be bigger. I 100% agree. And I also agree that, you know, a month after the show, sending people the cardboard and showing them the impact that happened at the show yeah. is something that would be powerful to kind of like re-engage over and over again. Um yeah, we. I mean, we are abs certainly in conversations with media companies um, and partnerships, and and actually like with a VR component at this point. Um, but we're also actively seeking support to do that because 100% of the dollars that we collect do go to the implementing partners. So for all of these special projects, 
it's something that is um you know we want to make sure that we've got the right partnerships in place and get it funded so we can do something like really incredible well that's a that's a great exposure and 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 a great partnership of opportunity for technology companies and for media brands to partner with you because they get access to to your audience so I'd still would like to ask a little bit more, you know, because it's very interesting for me to hear um, the critical opinion about virtual reality and, and the true potential of it. And, and just before, you know, the show started, you, you said a few critical things, which I love. Was that, wasn't that off the record? <laughs> <laughs> we will give you the Sudafed excuse because if, um, if, if you need to use Thank the Sudafed you. clause, if there I, is yeah. one in here in the yeah, U.S. Where, yeah, that's I mean, when I like, pass much, out. So you can hear you know, as much as I'm in love with the medium, I feel there's a real need of critical thinking around it. And, and the critical thinking about it is not really coming from people that are actually doing it. So it's 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 more interesting to have people from the outside say what 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 VR could be for you, you know, and and media, you know, by extension, the future of media, you know, augmented reality and all that stuff. Um, so, what are your thoughts on that? Um, what is the type of stuff that you dream to do that you think would also be awesome, and would have a positive impact on the world? Um, oh, I I think. Creatively in VR, I think the the potential is just immense of being able to, you know, you know, there's something through the um, experience that I've had personally or with the band, you know, we didn't mean to have such a long, you know, term relationship with Partners in Health or some of these other bands that we work with, though, but it happens through education and learning and bearing witness to the work. And so if you can, like, really be there and engage in it, I think that you can't unsee it. You can choose not to engage, of course, but like once you learn something and you witness it, you can't right. really unlearn that. Um, and so that, to me, is the first step of of action in a in a in a way or that can be compelling. So I think that virtual reality has a huge potential there. What I'm really into is collective experience and collective impact. And so I like that when you're like live at a show. I think there's so much of us that are like head down, right. isolated. We're like with our community at home by ourselves through the internet which is exciting in one way, but also for me, like I like being like physically shoulder to shoulder and experiencing something and actually making eye contact and, and being present there. And so for virtual reality for me is that it is an isolating experience. Um, and so like, how do we bring this power of community, which is what plus one's really about the $1 from one ticket is not impactful. It's only impactful when we bring them all together. Right. Uh, so same thing in virtual reality. If you're experiencing this kind of like siloed thing, uh, is there a way of making community like but real tangible community? Cause uh, you know, the, the obvious answer is like, yeah, but we have these opportunities for community in the virtual right. space where you've got all our avatars talking. What could be interesting too. I mean, you, like, you kind of touched on something where, the, you know, you want, to, you want people to see the impact that they've made. Right. And, and it, there's a, I don't know, part, part of me and I've worked for a ton of brands and talked, you know, and talked to organizations like yours on behalf of them. And, you know, there's a sad kind of trend where like not enough people care, you know what I mean? Totally. And, and you'd like, you're like, Oh, well now what do we do? And I think sometimes, like we tell the sad story of the cause that needs to be, you know, um, addressed. And then we don't focus enough on like the, the feel good moment about it all. It's, yeah. it's like guilt versus feel good. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, but to be able to see the change you've made is actually great. And, and what I love about plus one is that it's so passive, 
right? It's just like, you, all you got to do is show up. Like, you're not, we're not asking you to clean up a beach. We're not asking you to visit a <laughs> children's hospital. It's just like, show up, have a good time, and give us a dollar. We'll take care of the rest. But to show that, you know, to have, you know, I can imagine, like, in terms of what you're talking about, a VR experience where, you know, over the course of a year, you go and visit, like, three or four of these different, you know, uh, changes that have been made through you know through plus one um I, there's no question there i just <laughs> i just wanted yeah, to ramble i'm with, i'm with you <laughs> <laughs> i'm right with you yeah so what are what are your other dream collaborations um for plus one like if you could you know collaborate and join forces with whoever that is what are those dream partnerships you'd like to do um on the any site growth Tech, side yeah media creative so i you know hollywood there's like so on one side just for like actual growth dream for plus one staying analog just for a second you know the top 100 tours are selling like 50 million tickets worldwide and there's to me that's a potential for 51 million dollars but further than that that's 51 million people witnessing or getting a tiny glimpse into the it's a like huge I'm, metric, yeah. It's a huge metric, you know? And so then for me, I always think about, okay, but what about other fan communities? Like, how can we harness that in sports? And, you know, getting sports teams engaged in leagues and stuff. Where, again, the thing is, is like, you don't, it's not, we're not making a plus one show. It's, <laughs> it's... Can you do that again? Just one more time? <laughs> yeah. So it was delivered so oh, yeah. uh, beautifully. <laughs> Thank you. Um <laughs> But, you know, it's just about doing what you would otherwise do. The games are happening. The shows are happening. People are buying the tickets anyways. Everybody's already coming together. So it's taking this moment that is already there and just enhancing yeah. it. That I, so it's like you don't have to care a lot. You just have to, like, you don't even you have to care. You actually make a mistake. Yeah, and, totally. And help. <laughs> it's like, whoops. <laughs> like, I hate that cause. Whoops. Oh, there goes polio. He did a good thing. <laughs> I hate polio. Accidentally, I did a good thing. You should, yeah, you should start selling t-shirts say, I hate polio. Like, somebody should wear the t-shirt on stage. Just, and I'll put it in but it's, it's, a, it, it's a cool concept. You know, accidentally, I did a good thing. Totally. You know, so, usually accidentally. We do well, it's like also that. people are lazy. So, it's, you know, it's, if you ask them, if you give them something else to do, especially now when we're like flooded with information and experiences and just stuff. You know, it's hard to filter and go like, oh, I want like, you know, my, my days are, are busy enough to go like, oh, now I have to figure out how I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And right. I, even though even if I care about it, I may care about the issue, but it's just like, it, you know, becomes later. But if I can do something passively. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, and that's that's also, I think, uh, you know, a common theme on the show is like design thinking. Right. Mm-hmm. And you think about the per- like the person, the millennial or whatever target audience you want to you know talk about that goes in- goes to a show. You know, how do we not disrupt their experience and also, you know, drive, drive an impact? Meet them where they're, what they're already doing and where they're at. Yeah. Um, So back to the fiddling. Yeah. Um, I would imagine there's, let me, there's some parallels between music and business. We had a guy on who actually wrote a a really amazing blog post and I didn't bring him on because of his blog post, but, uh, (laughs) um, but it was about classical music and like how life happens in between the notes. And, you know, is there any sort of principles you've pulled from your, you know, your musical genes since you were uh, Mm -hmm. named rhythmically? (laughs) 
um, into you know what what you do, like how you f- philosophically see what you're doing, right? Whether it's the idea of improvisation and being like from a business standpoint and being mm-hmm. able to you know navigate a situation on a dime, or like are you sticking to you know what's on the script? And I don't know, man. I'm throwing out ideas, mm-hmm. but is there you know have you noticed any correlation or been able to like take the musical thinking into you know where you are now? Um. I think with one, um, like in one aspect, it's kind of like the notes already exist. We were talking about this earlier, actually. And the notes. Hi, Lou and Maria. <laughs> you keep looking back like you're your lawyer. So I'm no, like, no, I know no. Lou is an actual lawyer, <laughs> yeah, but you can, you can speak freely here. It's, uh... <laughs> um, but like the notes are all there. They already exist. And you kind of put them in different parameters and you find where they belong together and you try and find the song in that. And, you know, with plus one, it's already there. The pieces are already there of the components. And so kind of trying to, again, structure it in a way that, that is, is that, that, that works and makes sense. So like, you know, in, 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 I guess that's the kind of like the creative piece, but on a structured system. Right. Um, and that's maybe one. <laughs> no, it's great. I, it, it, it's, it's just interesting because when you pull from even subconsciously, right, from experiences you've had in life, even, you know, like you said, you're you're uh, and I'm curious about this, too, about how do you revitalize a language? Right. With, mm. um, But it, that the same thing, like you're you're kind of reinventing, you know, something that it's not new. Like, you know, it's not rocket science, which literally we just posted an interview today of a guy who's a rocket science. science. Um, but, you know, but, it, but it's a very smart way of rethinking the problem. Same, the same thing like those notes, right? It's like, oh, that song was great. That song sucked. It's the, well, same, <laughs> it's the, same, it's the same note, right? Um, and that's, it, I think it takes a little bit of that kind of poeticism, even if it's something subconscious or you know secondary to to make it work so um i applaud you for that thank um, you w- what does it take to revitalize language oh um man i admire my mom so much um uh we can i don't like i don't even know <laughs> i mean i've just witnessed it a little bit from the side but right. you go into a community there's five speakers they're um my mom recently went into a community where... So she's still doing this. Oh my, she's like unstoppable. But there was three speakers left. And so she had an ultrasound machine because there's all these like beautiful phonetic sounds mm-hmm. um, which aren't in English or French or the languages Lithuanian. That I speak. Or Lithuanian. Or they might, I actually don't know Lithuanian. But maybe they are in Lithuanian. I don't know. It's a very but, old language actually. They, so, they teach it to, to help to learn Sanskrit. Really? Yeah, it's it's kind of ancient. Amazing. Yeah. It is. It is amazing. And we, like, were, we were the last ones to accept Christianity in Europe, fourteen seventeen, if I'm not wrong. The last ones to accept Christianity. And everybody just stopped after that. Just people were like, I think they were resistant for we a while. We reached a quota. <laughs> we got enough Christians here. <laughs> <laughs> totally. All all those crusades. All to the oh. next country, guys. Sorry, we're we're closed. <laughs> no, sorry. <It's> uh, <laughs> Oh no! I was just gonna say. So she goes in. I mean, then there's all the, the 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 difficulty of going into a community where you know here's somebody coming in, uh, saying you know I'd like to help with education in your community, 
And you know what happened last time? The white person went in. I certainly do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I definitely know (laughs) what happened. And, uh, (laughs) you know, so there's a a real important um, trust building and having it come from the community. So my mom only goes into communities that she's invited into when they say, will you please come help us with our language restructuring? Not like, I'm going to come and help you and I know what's best for you. (laughs) Um, Behold! (laughs) Behold the the professor! (laughs) But she was in this community um, where there were three three speakers and she had this ultrasound machine that she can kind of put up against the neck and the cheek to see the tongue placement. So you can like learn the sound and really make sure that you are properly articulating right so just that is like one thing that i was like oh you know i keep learning and then um um one of the speakers i can't remember all of it but one of the speakers ended up because they're they're elders they've been in the communities for a long time because because of residential schools most people lost their language and all these other things and so um this elder had no teeth left and teeth are such an important part of pronunciation and language that when you're doing the and eating (laughs) (laughs) that you know so she was like okay so we can kind of learn from that but like are we doing it right right it was just challenging and then another one of the elders um the ultrasound machine wouldn't work on them just because of the different structure and so it's just like there was one person that she could left in this community that she could really work with who of course is very very old and so you want to go in there and get it um to document it are you getting the right intention, the tones, you know, like certain languages have like 40 words for salmon because, and then obviously, you know, that salmon is a huge part of the culture, et cetera. So, um, especially for bear culture, (laughs) especially for bears, yeah, Yeah, go bears. Um, so anyways, so it's just, it's like scientifically challenging. It's socially challenging. It's really important. And then, you know, I think, one of the things that has been really cool is that there's a few of these communities that are now using language in like their stop signs are now in their language and um, they are holding meetings in their language and right. communities that did, you know, 15 years ago have a handful of speakers left. This is a, this may be a dumb question or a rudimentary question, but why is that important? And maybe you don't know, but like just in terms of to revitalize language, cause you know, let's say languages, evolve people evolve you know lithuanian is one of the oldest languages in the world we just learned but um <laughs> but also just having like that i don't know like we, like why not embrace the change versus and is it a, is it just like preserving the culture and like or what, what was the I reasoning mean, behind it i mean i think there's power and identity right. and i think if you have uh you know a, a, as many of the cultures she works with have a a, a big kind of gray area for identity unfortunately that's been imposed on them right so i think that that's where it comes from you know language revitalization is also identity revitalization and cultural revitalization and owning it um and i think that i i i fundamentally believe in that power yeah and i and also having been all around the world right through through you know as as a youngster with, mm-hmm. with your mom and also just your your musical career and even what you're doing with plus one you know, have you identified a, a universal truth? You know, that, like when you <laughs> is, that, is that too deep? Is that too, did I go too, did I go too well, deep? Andrew, too was, that, was that for that, was that one? That <laughs> <laughs> you know, but every, 
dream, like you know, like the American dream is probably built on you know what everybody essentially wants, right? Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. But you know, like when you enter a a, a new territory for the first time, it's like, is it because you know I've seen footage, especially in, in when I listen to Arcade Fire, it is very much like. It's a it's a communal sound, right? It's is very much like sing along. We are here together. Versus, you know, like I'm a hip hop fan, so like hip hop is very like about me. You know what I mean? In this moment, um, even if I'm at a show with other people, like I'm the coolest person here. So, <laughs> but there's these. I think as you go from place to place, you know, there's certain things about the, what resonates with an audience and uh, and doesn't. Um. So I don't know if I will identify this as in terms of like an, an audience thing or a performing thing, but I do believe, um, I mean, this is going to sound, I mean, like I do really fundamentally believe in our shared humanity. Yeah. The more you kind of like see it and talk with people and ask questions and hear people's stories, we all feel like love and pain and, right. Um, you know, I have a two and a half year old who was like born healthfully in a beautiful clinic and, right. you know, and I was lucky cause we have access to that, but I don't, my emotions in that moment are no different than someone who doesn't have access to that in, the, in a real rural area of right. a poor country who still wants that same exact thing for her kid. You know, that's a shared yeah. moment. No, it's interesting. You were bringing this up earlier, um, just as far as like how the technology. Don't look back in there. <laughs> they don't. They didn't know what was happening either. Um, but this idea of like, I got in a, I got in a Twitter beef the other day. Not a real beef, but you know, I'm, I'm just trying to talk tough for my audience. Um, but there's somebody tweeted about you know robots and how the future like humanity needs needs robots and and it was like some article that was written it was really interesting um, and then I, I I said no matter how much technology like technology has never made humanity like nicer right like Facebook only added another place for people to bully you know kids right. um, so as much as technology is our gift it's also like a curse. Um, I think it's always a double-edged sword. Technology yeah. is neither good nor bad. It's really what we choose to do with it. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's really our conscious choice every day. Um, you know, there's a lot of those sort of like trashing technology. I mean, because, you know, I, I work so much with tech in the future yeah. and people are like, oh, but the tech did this and that. And I'm like, no, it's really what you choose to do with it. And And one of the conferences I was recently at you know, one of those sort of most brilliant moments was, um, you know, somebody in the audience um, sort of asked a question. Uh, the speaker was speaking about sort of how they teach their kids to hack. Um, and, and somebody in the audience was like, oh, but your kids are just like eight years old and you're already teaching them to hack. That's that's really bad. Right. And the person just answered, you know what? Anything that gives people agency over technology is a good thing. So... You know, I think it's it's how do we choose to use that? Yeah. And 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 I think it's amazing that Marika is, is working on something that, you know, is very analog, but still is is only possible thanks to technology today. And you are choosing to actively use technology to hopefully make the future more of a place that we want to live in rather than the place we fear. Um yeah. 
Sorry. <laughs> that, was deep. that was poignant. Yeah. That was good. I, we should record that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think about like, you know, where I was going with that is, is there a dystopian or utopian future where you feel like a plus one won't be needed? Or is that where you're headed toward? Or do you feel like there will, you will plus one will always have a place? Like, are you trying to eradicate, you know, issues or just help further them along? Well, I mean, I don't think as a, you know, I, I don't think I can, like, I think I'm in this work cause I do believe <laughs> towards this goal you know, wouldn't it be great to go out of business? Yeah. It would be amazing. Right. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen for a really long time. I think it's really important that we keep working. Yeah. Um, But I would, I would, I certainly do work towards that goal of like, wouldn't it be great that we wouldn't have to do this anymore? It would be great. (laughs) Um, The show is called Innovation Crush. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Everybody, we're all in agreement there. Um, what do you see out in the world? You recently dabbled in VR and, you know, things like that. What do you see in the world that you are currently crushing on? Um, don't worry. There's always like a, a silence. A on big, I know. Can you cut that silence out? <laughs> nope. We're just staying right there. I've already made a comment about it, so it's, like, it's part of the entertainment value of the show. How, like, how long pensive. the silence is. Exactly. Um, One episode was like 33 minutes of silence, and then the person's like, I got it. It's not true. It's not a true story. I don't know. I'll probably like say something now, and then like, you think of something we all in the car? call back in. <laughs> You're like, we have a special guest coming back for three seconds. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. That was the wrong answer. Well, I'll even, I'll even, like, it can be a culinary experience. It can be art, something you've seen. It can be technology. It doesn't have to be, like, in your world. It's just kind of like, well, you know, what kind of, like, got your goose lately? Oh, man. Um, What am I... Like I'm, um, I think it doesn't like have a, to be like a shiny thing. It doesn't have to be a gadget. It's more like you know what's what's kind of. I saw it, it, it. She looked up and it came out. It came from the ceiling. I saw like a little light enter your forehead. Well, n- no, it's just <laughs> I like don't want it to be like wow. Rika's not into anything right now. <laughs> it, it might be yourself. Oh, no. <laughs> um. I am, I don't know, like right now I'm kind of in this world of, of getting to, uh, it's like an innovation crush, but I kind of have a crush on all these like leaders that I get, I'm have the privilege to talk to right now. So I'm like learning and reading and I kind of feel like I'm going back to school right? with like, you know, real social justice, like. Well, essentially, Game you have changers. you have a brand new life, which is yeah. like kind of like it's kind of jarring to right. like to see it, to see what you're doing from a you know you were doing two things at once before. Now it's like you have this new wide eyed view, right? Of it, it, what you referred to earlier as influentials, right? And, and right, and, and for me, that's like Paul Farmer and Brian Stevenson and Dr. Sam Nutt, uh, who's right. who founded War Child Canada, and like just all these incredible, brilliant humans 
um, and getting to have, you know, the privilege of getting to sit down and have conversations with them and learn from them and listen and read their, you know, material yeah, um, is for me something that I'm just like really thrilled by. So it's a little bit nerdy, but I'm really excited by it. No, that's great. I mean, if you're talking about pioneers in the field that you've entered, right? Like that's yeah, that's that's great. Especially yeah. you know, it's first time, and I would imagine even marrying sort of your business leadership with cause oriented things and and people who have done it. You know, kind of even coming from this uh, same realm or same angle as you have has yeah. been pretty impactful. Yeah. Uh, aside from VR. Your innovation crush. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, you know, we've been having a lot of discussions with my friends how privileged we really are. You know, and you just mentioned sort of when you gave birth, um, you realize that you were experiencing much like the same feelings as somebody in way less privileged position. And I, I actually got into a actual beef with somebody in Hollywood, oh. um, you know, in Cairns or on a yacht and, and sort of started discussing and Nobody's i was like come up to the studio and, and i was actually it was it was, it was just it, was, it wasn't you know an angry argument it was sort of <laughs> ideological arguments <laughs> and um and i was like actually we people in this privileged position in the entertainment the world has given us so much opportunity it is our obligation to give back it's not like it shouldn't be a choice it shouldn't be just like oh i do it because i want to do it like we should actually like w- the world has given so much to us we have to think, how do we give back? Not just take, 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 and take. We have to give back. So how do you feel about that? You know, you, you engage with a lot of, you know, musicians and your peers and try to convince them to be part of this project. How do you feel about that? What is our responsibility to give back? And, 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 and what are the most sort of inspiring examples um, of transformation of people that maybe you encountered who were not so much conscious of, of the sort of responsibility and, and then became and then started doing really awesome stuff. Um, um, and is, is it a responsibility? Or is it just something it should be just like, oh, I do it, you know, if I like it. Or, or we should actually, you know, because we are what we are, we should all think that we should try and give back something to the world. Yeah, I think, I mean, the world is like changing so quickly and there's a lot of like, crazy stuff happening um and like first and foremost with our planet environmentally <laughs> i think yeah, like, like what is our message this notion How of like giving back message? is kind of like also survival <laughs> right so i kind of am um you know is the like i i don't think of like giving back as like the the again like it's not a question of like guilting us into like oh we 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 have to give back because we're so lucky but more just like, isn't that something that we kind of all, I mean, and it makes sense to me and I understand that it doesn't make sense of it to everybody in that same way, but isn't that something that we all share? So for me, it's, it's a, it's a two way communication because the amount that I have received back from, you know, people that I know in Haiti, um, and the, the, the amount that has gone this way, like, it's a, it's a two-way relationship, I think, um, because I have received so much too. So I, I think like, and it just goes along with, with taking the moment to, to hear those stories and to meet people and to learn from me. Um, and so if I can help bridge some of that with some of the people we know, which is just opening doors and the opportunity to learn. And some people will take it and some people won't. And some people will take it the first time, you know, and some people will wait 
you know, 10 tours to open that door, but it's yeah. still going to be there in 10 tours. And that door is, you know, it's all these tiny little touch points. And when you're ready, you kind of open it. And, you know, also like artists will come to us and be like, oh, I really want to do plus one, you know, like starting artists. And I say like, you know, go be an art, like the, 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 I'm an artist too. And I yeah. want you to be able to make your living out of your art. So go make a living, <laughs> like go do this first. Well, there's also like this, this notion of, you know, especially in the entertainment industry and in, in, in any field, right? Like you're talent if, if you're humble right is a gift right and you are giving that gift to people so when you're on stage in front of tens of thousands of people fiddling away <laughs> no, <laughs> you, no but you, you are get, you, like you're giving a piece of yourself right like yeah. and it's any athlete is like giving it all and be, it is self-serving in a way because it's like i love doing this it makes me feel good but also if I'm a humble individual, like that performance, that thing I just did, that dunk, whatever it is, is going to inspire somebody else to do the next thing. Totally. And some people, you know, do what you guys have done and taking it the next level, right? Like on top of giving you my natural gifts, I'm going to give you this experience. So, but like comedy for one or any art is like such a gift in of itself, like you're talking about. And it does create, impact like it yeah. is impactful in and of itself just as a thing yeah and it does create to me you know it moves people and it it's it's the root of that and what we do with that movement is <laughs> what you're talking about as we wind yeah um i'm gonna give you another pseudofed uh stopper oh man <laughs> <laughs> but everybody has to go through this one this is right. this is a staple this is always like the the when I know people have or have not listened to the show because like it happens every episode. Okay. Um, uh, this phrase, <laughs> you ready? This face of yours, I'm loving, like it's like it's so fearful. Like I feel like I'm like I'm um, uh, abusive. But uh, the oh, sorry, innovation to me is. Um, I think it's um creativity really yeah how so um <laughs> i don't let people off the hook man i'm like i'm like a geraldo um you know it's kind of um putting And in the sense, it's kind of like making sense of all the different components again. So yeah. there's all these like different components that are there, whether they're notes or colors or um, impact ideas. <laughs> that's beautiful. No, uh, see, I probe for a reason. Like I don't, like I, that's that's awesome. Um, uh, how can people find you on the interwebs? Where where, oh. where do people find Plus One and find you and support um, Plus One dot uh, so www plus number one like plus one dot org <laughs> and um and my email address is there it's marika at plus one dot org and you can i'd love to hear you're an open door i mean let's let's have a conversation home address and, it, and if, if there's like a lot of you know like <laughs> forgive me if i take a little bit of time <laughs> but i'll try to get there. um <sighs> thank you uh, Monica, how do people find you? Where where are your all your um handleages? Um, allfutureeverything.com. And uh there's social media links there. 
Thank you both. And thank you. Thank especially. you so much for having me. This is great. Yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, so good to meet you. Um, so uh, and I hope you feel better. Um, and thank you for oh, for coming. You're so sweet. You know, and helping me plug Sudafed, who's now I, a sponsor of the show. I know. I'm like Sudafed. Let me know. Everyone, this has been another installment of Innovation Crush, and we will talk to you next time. Oh, 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 oh